Sunshine Fever, it's Brett from Fire Up and Steve Mascord needs to stop listening to bad 80s hair metal and play some punk rock for a change. Okay, um, and welcome to the program, and uh, we're going to ki- ki- uh, continue kick off with the second part of our interview with Mike Tramp, who you first heard from last week. Uh, Mike, we've left this until the second part of the interview, but um, you said that if you last time that if you do play with a band in future, then you'll be playing Freak of Nature, White Line songs. Any more detail about what that band might be, who might be in it, where you might play? Well, here and there. I mean, the, the thing. The, the fact of the matter is that when I go out and play those songs, I'm playing classic songs that people already know. Yeah. So it's more about giving you know the fans this, as close to the sound as possible without it being the original band. Mm-hmm. When I do my tramp, it's about writing new stuff. It's about evolving. It's about growing. It's about moving on with writing new songs. But 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 on the band level, there's no space to write a new rock album. There's just no space in the world for that, for, for something original. And I'm not recording any new material under the name White Line or Freak of Nature. That's only going out and playing the classic songs. Right, so uh, there are obviously some bands now who are releasing new material, and there's a lot of bands who've given up, I mean, from, from the era we're talking about. Cinderella haven't released anything new in, in 15, 20 years, uh, but other bands like Bang Tango, for instance, are putting out new records every year. You obviously decided that it, it isn't a good idea. Why is that? Be, because it, there's a big difference in going up and playing classic White Lion songs and then presenting new White Lion songs when White Lion isn't there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the sound of White Lion when it came to songwriting was Vito Brada and Mike Tramp. Mm-hmm. And that can't be changed. And that will never happen again. So I am not desperate in that way that... Um, that I just find somebody else and then write some songs. I did that once with an album called Return of the Pride. And I really love the album, but it's just not the sound of White Lion. So whenever I play White Lion, I just want to play the old songs. And that'll, that'll be more like just like a live show to, to entertain and, and, and enjoy that. You said that you actually had some regret about Return of the Pride. When did the regret kick in? Because it got good reviews. I think a lot of your fans liked it and they thought it was reminiscent of the original sound. Well, I appreciate, appreciate what you're saying there. It's, it's just when I look back about it, it's just, you know, I never really wanted to record under the name White Lion again. And um, because so much of the sound and the songwriting came between Vito and I, it's a different story being up there playing the old songs note for note, but writing new material in, 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 um, in 2012 with you know, keeping in mind that the band came from the 1983-84 when we started up and then having to jump back there and develop that sound that existed that because the band has not grown because the band ended in 91 and then all those years um, and and I just really do think that it, it, it's, it's important that uh, that you reflect um, how you feel. This is not making a new Star Wars movie where there's already a concept mm-hmm. and you know the actors and, and the characters have to be certain certain uh, within certain, you know, perimeters. You know, writing a new album is not sitting and begging a bread. It, it's like the idea has to come to you. And that works well when it's my tram writing an album and, and, and I'm writing new songs. But White Line has restrictions. It's it's known for an image. It's known for, for a sound and so on and so. So you have 
have to you're limited already and that's that's tough when you go in to do that and I don't want to be that as a songwriter because then it becomes like a prefabricated product then you then you get kiss and that's not what I want to do with, with in this case mm-hmm. yeah, the last question we'll go to another song but um doing some research for, for, for this interview the picture that was painted of Vito was someone who um, is sitting back and, and maybe um, you know he keeps making legal threats every time that you use the name but doesn't want to do anything he must be a multi-millionaire if he can afford to sit back and do nothing I mean well what, what, why is that situation arisen why is it arisen in your your mind I don't think he's a multi-millionaire uh, by any means uh, the, the man has not stood on a stage written a song or recorded a song or done an interview since, since the 90s or since 91 um, I really cannot speak about his behavior he chooses to do what he chooses to do I choose to live and on that note give us another song well, we're going to go over to my, tra- well, like Freak of Nature here, for example, which was the band that followed White Lion, and, and, and it was a band that I, I built around wanting to fall back in love with rock and roll, wanting to fall back in love with how it was to play in a band. And that is what it became. So here is What Am I, which explains everything about what this is all about. It's rock and roll, Freak of Nature.
what's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Okay, welcome back, and we're with uh, Stone Rider in Leeds, second part uh, of uh, our interview. Now, I uh, met you guys on uh, Shiprocked a few years ago. Um, since then, and at that time, there was a huge buzz around the band in this country. You were on the bonus CDs and classic rock and on all that sort of stuff. Then after that, you went on tour, you went and recorded a record. Maybe people didn't hear about you for, for a few months. Is that just because you were recording, or were there, were there other things, or what, what was happening during that time? We went through some memories changes and and uh, became a three-piece and uh, kind of learned how to be a three-piece for a little while mm-hmm. it was four years in between in between the last record and this record and Adam produced this new record and you know we just we parted ways with our label and and that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. we just we spent a long time working writing music and and like I say learning how to be a three-piece and and that was the time it took to get the next record out. Is it, can you expand on what happened with the label and why you went from being a four-piece to a three-piece? Any explanation or story behind that? Anyone? I don't know. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> that, you want um, <clears throat> Relationships of, of many, of all kinds, tend to run their course, whether that be professionally or personally with people, and that's kind of how it happened with uh, the label. It was time to part ways. Um, and that label since has, you know, went away and um, friends grow apart and you know, just so happen we make music with friends and sometimes that's just how it goes. So everybody kind of went their respective ways and, you know, without getting into too much dirty laundry, you know, it's <laughs> kind of the most polite way to and was there a sense of like starting again at that point or was it was it did you feel like you were still able to build on what you you already achieved or what was it was it a difficult period in that regard uh i definitely feel like there was a, a bit of a starting again i mean it was also a just a continuing uh, it's kind of tough to to differentiate between the two sometimes mm. but um um yeah i'm well, I guess that's the right answer. <laughs> is there, is there, there, which territories do you regard as your strongest? Like, where, where do you think your fan base is stronger? I mean, the UK must be getting up there. What, what, what at home? I mean, I, I think maybe they're even across the board. Maybe UK has a has a bit of a lead on the rest of the world. Mm. And how do you regard like the sort of the scene at the moment? Like for for for, for sort of bluesy rock like is it is it in an upswing is it more is it a struggle there's obviously popularity there but maybe not a lot of money i mean how do you how would you sort of sum up um what the scene's like at the moment uh, do you feel like it's strong or what do, what do you think people tell me that it is <laughs> people tell me that it's in an upswing i mean there's bands like rival sons and yeah. there's bands like graveyard yeah. and um tame impala that we're yeah. we're big fans of there's bands doing some kind of maybe you know like good cool rock music yeah um and then obviously Foo Fighters and you know some like arena sized rock band uh, rock rock doesn't really ever go away yeah you know it's it's presentation may change from time to time but I don't know okay. okay we'll play another song and then we'll do one more chat and then I'll leave you in peace um gonna, who wants to pick a song I'd say the sleeper yeah is there a story yeah, there's a story. It's it's maybe a bit longer than you have. <laughs> you can try us. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> we recorded a, quite a large uh, two LP album, uh, and then the very day before we were supposed to turn the record in to be mastered, 
the guys came to me and said, we really want to drop one of these songs off. <clears throat> and instead of arguing with them about about it, as I was, my knee-jerk reaction was, I said, okay, well, you have to replace it with another song. It's kind of a dare, like, okay, well, we have another song that we actually want to record. I was like, well, we better start right now. And that was it. We wound up recording that song at about 3 a.m. in my front yard. Wow. That is a good story. Okay, let's play that. Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been, and it always will be.
Okay, I'm here at Hard Rock Hill, we're back, and um, I'm here with the fellas from Bonafide, and I just want to ask you, is that the best Starbucks gig you've ever played today? The, uh, it is, it is. The first <laughs> and the best. <laughs> By far the best, yeah. Uh, they should sell more alcohol, though. <laughs> they should. I've never, I've never seen so much beer in a Starbucks anywhere in the world. It might be Guinness Book of Records, <laughs> most beer in a Starbucks. <laughs> they have yeah. coffee. <laughs> Sorry, but you have shit coffee. Unless they want to sponsor you next tour, in which case their coffee's awesome. They want uh, for me. I, uh, take tea instead, please. <laughs> no. Now, um, you, I heard you telling the other guys that this has been your best trip to the UK. Yeah. Why? Why, why has it been so good? Well, the attendance and uh, the fans, it's growing constantly. So mm. we had a couple of sold out shows this time around and uh, it's all been really good. Well, I mean, I was going to say this question until later, but I might as well you guys come from different musical backgrounds and you're playing straight ahead rock basically blues based riff based rock when did it dawn on you that that's what you wanted to do I suppose the question is mainly for you Pontus but when when and why did it dawn on you that that is what you wanted to make your career out of um, was there a reason it happened what were... well uh, I played some softer music before I had a solo career playing like uh, more rhythm and blues and blues and uh a little bit of pop and stuff mm. and I wanted to do a regular rock album mm. with different people than the the band I used to play with I mm. grew up playing with and stuff mm. uh, and that became Bonafide mm -hmm. and that was around uh, 2006 mm. Mm. so Michael and me started the band and uh, and it quickly became the the main thing you know? yeah. and I mean, I mean it's not a job we'll talk about later but it's not a genre that people are making enormous amounts of money out of these days or getting extremely famous so you is it <laughs> so, so I, I suppose is it just something that's always been your favourite genre of music or is it a, was there a bolt from the heavens one day and you just went that's that's what I want to do uh, no not really I always loved rock music the classic rock music the style we play mm. Uh, just try to make it a bit harder and push it all in one direction mm. instead of making it a bit like uh, CC Top or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like before, just yeah. keeping it straight rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess people like that. So I read an interview where you had a very clear idea about the new album, Ultimate Rebel, how you wanted to sound, yeah. and you pretty much wrote it and produced it, did everything. Um, how would you describe what you heard in your head before you went in the studio how would you describe the way you wanted it to sound I heard it after I made the demos I play drums as well so mm -hmm. so I, I, I can make complete demos with the noodling on the bass even though I'm not at all a bass player but I am a drummer and mm -hmm. guitarist and singer so, so I kind of make my own uh, my own demos mm -hmm. and I really don't know what the song is going to be like until I do mm -hmm. the drums and, and make it all happen and, and then listen back to it Mm. Some some time after that, you know, and mm. then I hear, is, is this a good song? I think it's a good song, and then I, the guys listened to it, and they had to decide, is this a good song for for us? Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were the guys chosen. I had like 15, 20 songs, and uh, we chose the 10 songs for the album mm. together. As I explained to you guys before, um, we're going to divide the interview into three and get you to pick a song. I suppose it's extremely tempting to pick one of your own, so you can pick one of your own, or you can pick a favourite song from anyone, as long as I can find it on iTunes. <laughs> so, uh, can I pick one? Yeah. Dragon Ball Man.
Man from uh, the album Ultimate Rebel with the band called Bonafide. Brilliant band from Sweden. I know three of the guys in the band. Brilliant people. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm going actually a bit tired of them now, but tomorrow's the last day where I will meet them. So, <laughs> Awesome.
high fever. Going around and land down under. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.